Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. All right, uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning lost to the Florida Panthers four to one. Steve Verstick, I watched this game. Of course, it was much closer than the score indicated with the empty netter, late goal uh, by Florida as well. Um, listen, it, it's clear that they were going to miss Nikita Kucherov. Um, they missed him immediately, and they missed him against a really good team. Uh, they go into this game and they go zero for six on the power play. And when you think about Kucherov. For all the things he does, and it's a lot on the ice, obviously one of the best players in the National Hockey League and certainly um, their best player, but probably his control of the power play is maybe as impactful as anything he does. Well, it runs through him. I mean, as as much as Braden Point drives a lot of play on the ice five on five, the power play runs through Cooch, period. I mean, he's one of the best players along the half wall, but everything is set up from him and his creativity – and his ability to see the passes before they happen, whether it's the cross ice to Stamkos mm-hmm. or down low to Kalorn or back to Headman or even the way he, you know, can set up point in the slot there. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, he is what drives that power play. And you put Andre Palat there tonight. Andre Palat's a fine player, does lots of things well. He's not Nikita Kucherov, nor is really anybody else on this on this team. And so – you know, you saw tonight. First of all, you played a very good team in in, in Florida. Uh, you know, they're maybe the best team in the East. Uh, they're definitely playing like one of the best teams at this point. You know, early in the season, three four games in. But you also lost Nikita Kucherov on Saturday night, which means you've had two days to figure this out. Right, and you know, you can sit there and say all you want that last year they played without Nikita Kucherov, and that's true. But they also knew going into the season they weren't going to have Nikita Kucherov. So the power play in training camp and that was practiced without Nikita Kucherov. Mm. Uh, you know, just everything you did and, 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 you know, integrating the new faces as well this year. But you didn't expect to not have Nikita Kucherov by game four. And so every time you practice the power play, except for the last two to three days, Nikita Kucherov was on the half wall running the power play. And so it's going to, you know, Cooper... Steven Stamkos, Braden Point, they all talked about it after the game. It's going to take some time, and it's not an yeah. excuse. I mean, they're professionals. You go out there and play. Um, I thought they played pretty well tonight overall, but they did mm-hmm. struggle. The power play looked lost at times. Uh, well, that's the game, right? I mean, 0 for 6, and one of those included uh, about a minute and a half or so yep. at, at 5 on 3. That, that's where you really mm-hmm. have to score. I think they got three shots during that whole sequence. They never, looked, the point- they never looked like they had enough urgency on the 5 on 3. No, they didn't. It, it, you know, they had some looks. They were they passed. They tried along, to thread they, the needle a little yep. bit too much, I think, instead of you know um, trying to get more more shots off. You mm-hmm. know, um, and and you know, to your point, like okay, so they didn't have him a year ago, which means he wasn't on the power play through the whole regular season. And yes, they could practice it. Who who is different in the group that they have now out there? Was Yanni Gord a part of of, of their power play? He, he was a on year the ago? second. He was on the second unit. Second unit, yeah. yeah. 
No, I mean, the power play. So it's essentially the same guys that they were playing with in the first unit a year ago, but they just haven't worked together as much. Correct. I mean, you know, and, and new year, new, you know, everything that, that goes on with that. I mean, Pilot, Andre Palat pretty much took that spot in the power play last year. Yeah. You know, as as part of that first line in that. So, I mean, it is the same as last year, but, you know, teams have also have a year of tape to scout how it works without Nikita Kucherov, and yeah. you add all that up. Now, I'm not making excuses. I mean, the the Panthers deserve to win tonight. Right. Um, I thought the Lightning played pretty well. Well, Knight was excellent in goal. He, Let's start there. I mean, he was really good he, for the Panthers. Um, I can't remember who it was. It was, a, it was either Greg Linnelli or Jay Retcher after the game. Brought up a good point. You know, Spencer Knight's 20 years old, and he's 5-0 and as a starter, by the way, in the regular season. Um, he's only had five starts at this point. He did play in the playoffs, of course. But in this division, how much fun is it going to be for the next, say, 10 years? Oh, Vasilevsky versus Knight. Yeah, tremendous. I mean, if Knight continues to progress like you think he's going to, and he's a former first-round draft pick, just like Andre Vasilevsky is. Yep. And and But seeing how how calm he is at 20 years old in the net. Yeah. And that's the first thing that sticks out to you is just, you know, he doesn't panic back there. Um, you know, this is going to be a fun rivalry for years to come. And when you have two great goalies like that, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch these two teams. They tie it up. It's 2-2. Two, two, it's 1-1. One, one, and then um, the Panthers go ahead. And I thought, you know, Knight gets credit for the save, and rightfully so. He's in position. But the shot that Braden Point let go of that hit the handle of his stick, that's just bad luck. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, that's that's if that goes through if that goes in and the crowd's back in it and it's two two you know yeah. you have a different hockey game but that's one of those things where okay we'll credit him for having the stick up but by the same token you don't count on blocking many you know with with the top of the shaft no you don't I mean how about the one that Corey Perry had early that oh. uh, kind of got through night popped up and then Rakogudis knocks off the goal line essentially or yeah right before it, it got to yeah, the goal line right it's laying on the goal line yeah you know, that that changes the whole complexion of the game if that goal goes in. Because mm-hmm. that was early enough on, and I mean, the Lightning still haven't scored a first quarter or a first period goal all season. Right? Well, and that's the games. thing, it, with the exception of that crazy, you know, overtime win that they got behind six three in Detroit. Their last few games, they haven't scored more than two goals. I mean, that's the mm-hmm. thing, right? I mean, the puck is not finding the back of the net, and for a team like the Lightning, that's pretty unusual. I mean, we're used to them being explosive. Now, to to your point, they did play better. They had a lot of zone time in this game. Mm-hmm. You know, well, they, um, they were. I mean, Steven Stamkos on the faceoffs was, I think, it was terrific. fourteen and four on the faceoff yeah. dot. Oh yeah. Um, you know, when you win faceoffs, you can control. I mean, they had some unlucky bounces too. I mean, what was it? Pat Maroon had a breakaway. Yep. Puck kind of went off the side. Steven Stamkos came in on a breakaway and kind of collided sticks. Tried with to tried to deke him yeah. and mm-hmm. night night hit him. Yeah. Um, you know, it was a lot of that. You know, maybe trying to be too fancy. I mean, you know, should Stamkos a have just bit. shot it? Should Maroon yeah. have just shot it instead of trying to mm-hmm. make a move? Uh, you, you know, I, I think maybe there was a little too much of Spencer Knight's really good. I got to make a move against it instead of just letting it rip. Right, right. Yeah, and that was the case on the power play a few times, I think, too. They mm-hmm. could have got more pucks on net and things. And it, it is a process. No one's going to panic at this point. It's a good hockey team. Florida's really good. It's going to be a great series to watch all year long if they if they meet again in the playoffs especially. Um, this is We got us a rivalry, man. This, these are two really good teams. Well, how about how about Joe Thornton introducing himself to the rivals? Yeah. What? First of all, explain explain what slashing slashing is. I I didn't think you could take your stick and jam it in between the legs of another player. 
generally slashing is like you know you take your stick and knock their hands you know as yeah. they're trying to puck handle or right. slash the stick across the wrist or the stick falls yeah you know not hit the the crown jewels oh that, that I mean well, that's more like spearing right that that's more like uh, assault and battery I mean if somebody yeah, well, did that to you on the street jeez um, you're lucky you don't ruin somebody that way but yeah I thought he he deserved a little more than two minutes for slashing. Uh, you should deserve a lot more than that for that. Right. And there wasn't really a retaliation. <laughs> um, that's the other thing. It was interesting. I thought there would be a few more fights or a little more, you know, with Radko Gudis out there, there's always some extracurricular activity. But uh, Well, I, I think, you know, and we talked about this some before the game, you know, in the press box there. You know, the Lightning are pretty banged up right now. Yeah. I mean, so do you really want to get that physical and, and, and possibly lose some players to, to that kind of play. I mean, right. you're without Kucherov. You're without Zach Bogosian. I mean, Jan Ruda yeah. did play tonight, but he had been hurt. Yeah. You know, I mean, you're down some players. Do you want, do you want to do that? Or would you rather look, this is game four of the season. We don't need to, to get to those antics at this point. Yeah. Um, you know, unless something called for it, but you know, I, yeah. I think I think there's a conscious effort, probably by both teams, of you know, hey, let's stay healthy. Let's you know, we're good hockey. Play hockey. We, don't, we don't need to do that. Yeah, yeah. And when you're playing another good team, you don't you don't want to be in the box. Although Florida was in it probably more than they wanted to be with the six penalties, but um, you don't want to give the other team any kind of advantage. So that's always part of it too. I mean, it was an entertaining game. Um, you know, their home record isn't so great <laughs> uh, at this point. Oh, and two, but. Yeah. Um, so, you know, for those fans going out there, I went to the first one and it was a nice banner raising and that was about it. And then this this one was at least a really entertaining game up until. And it doesn't uh, get any easier on Saturday against the Avalanche. No, Colorado is very good. Yeah. Yeah. One of the best teams in the West. So. Right. Their schedule is pretty tough to begin the season, I think. Mm -hmm. You know, but I mean, you're playing a full schedule again. Yeah. You know, they're going back to Pittsburgh here pretty soon. But they get three days off before the next game, so that helps too to work on power, power play, play among other things. So, yeah, some penalty kill and stuff. Well, it was uh, an entertaining game. Um, Lightning still, you know, had get their four points on the road. Not so much at home, but boy, it's a long. It just galvanizes. You know, we're we're only through four games. Um, Seventy-eight very, to go. Jeez, man, it's so long. What a long season and a short off season for those guys. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. So I was at the Bucks. Uh, they you know, kind of came back to work on Tuesday. He gave them Monday off because of the victory they had last Thursday. So um, the guys only needed to be tested on Monday. They came back, and it, and it was a bonus day, which which really meant there wasn't a practice. I mean, we were indoors. Uh, they were in T-shirts. I don't even think anybody wore helmets, to be honest with you. Um, just kind of a glorified walkthrough at best since their work week really begins today, as it does most weeks on Wednesday when you're playing a Sunday game. Of course, they got the Bears at home, 425 um, at Raymond James Stadium. And, you know, there's there was a couple observations. I mean, one, I mean, the health of the team is still not good, and that's sort of an understatement. I, I don't expect them to get many players back, even for this week. Now, Antoine Winfield Jr., we were told, is still in the concussion protocol, 
Of course, their safety that missed, uh, you know, last Thursday's game got injured against the Patriots. I think he's going to make it back. But here's the thing, and, and I, I was asked this question on DAE. I made an appearance on uh, Beckles and Retcher, and, and I think it's worth repeating here because it was a good question. So I think Ian asked, you know, explain what co- concussion protocol requires. Like, what is it, you know? And, of course, years ago they didn't have such a thing, and I'm glad they do now. Um, back then it was like, yeah, he got dinged. I think he'll be okay. He got dinged. He should be all right. Um, so, you know, we know more obviously with head injuries and CTE and, and, and the danger of concussions and the likelihood you'll have more and all that. So what they have done is they've taken it out of the hands of their team doctors, which is smart. Um, and they've, each team has to have, uh, an appointed independent neurologist to examine players. And, and before the season, all these guys are given baseline tests, right. To kind of, you know, understand what their normal mental acuity is. Uh, or sensitivity and and so they have grades on these guys you know going in um and then when they're when they're you know when they get a concussion and somebody sees them get hit in the head and and usually it comes from upstairs um that they're taken off the field and watched Uh, and that's what happened late in the game in new england a couple weeks ago so last week because it was a thursday night game um they didn't practice i mean they they you know stood around and and you know, did a walkthrough. I mean, you basically, your game planning and everything, it was all mental reps. Um, you didn't really, you didn't put on the pads. You didn't run around, didn't exert yourself much. And so they played on Thursday night. And there just really wasn't much time between, you know, Sunday and Thursday. Moreover, you weren't doing anything. And why that's important is that there's there's several different sort of steps along the way uh, during this protocol. Um, one is... Of course, the obvious, you know, are you symptomatic of anything? You know, do you have headaches? Are you having any kind of dizziness? Are you sensitive to light? Um, You know, how do you feel? uh, One of those steps is sort of how do you feel when you exert yourself, if you're cleared to do anything? And they're not going to clear you to do anything until such a time that you're not really that symptomatic. So even if Antoine Winfield Jr. got up every day and said, I feel fine. You know, the fact of the matter is they haven't had a practice. So what he's going to have to do is demonstrate that, you know, he can have some physical activity on a limited basis um, in practice, run around, um, be outside, be exposed to light, you know, uh, some increased cardio. You do some of that before you get on the field, but but you got to do it on the field, too. So if he's able to be limited and, and kind of experience those things and then come back and not have symptoms afterwards, then I think it'll be cleared. But they just simply haven't practiced, you know. So it, it's impossible to clear a guy of those final steps until he's actually, you know, kind of involved or cleared to to begin participating on a limited basis in practice and then see how he responds to it. So I think there's a, a chance that he could be back this week um, we just we just won't know until today at the earliest if he's able to do anything more than he's done to this point. So as far as the other guys go, uh, I, I would not expect to see Rob Gronkowski. We didn't see him at all uh, out there, even in the limited time that we got to watch them run around in shorts and, and, um, and T-shirts and stuff. So, you know, didn't see him. Obviously, you still got Carlton Davis on injured reserve, Sean Murphy Bunting on injured reserve. Um you know, I think they're going to have to go. Richard Sherman was out there, but he's not going to go. He's probably going to miss at least two games. They would have put him on IR if they thought 
that it was definitely going to be three or more because you have to be out three weeks on injured reserve. But they're hoping that Sherman has a chance to come back against Washington um, in three weeks. So uh, he he was out there. Again, nobody really running around doing anything. Levante David um, had his ankle taped up. My guess is he won't play this week. It's not an absolute. Uh, I would think that you'd be you know, more concerned about getting him back for New Orleans. And, you know, Kevin Minter's done a pretty good job. So, you know, maybe you go one more week, but, um, you know, it, it it's sort of a sort of a moving target with those guys. And, and you just got to help hope that they get healthy. The one thing, and we had a chance to talk to O.J. Howard, and he was, you know, it, 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 he's benefited. Actually, it's weird, okay? And you, you think about the season, right, and how they go. And you get these injuries, and then and then guys have to step up, right? And they have to play. And at the beginning of the year, you know, O.J. Howard, of course, he, coming off the um, ruptured Achilles, which is a very serious injury for anybody, whether you're an athlete or not. But, you know, week four last year, he, he's playing the Chargers and having his best game. And, you know, boom, his, his Achilles, right Achilles ruptures on a route that he runs. And, and so, you know, it, it's almost a year ago. Right, almost almost to the week, but uh, last week would have been a year ago that that he had the injury. So it took nine months for him just to get back into football, you know, to where he could do some football activities. That's a long term injury. I mean, that's something that you know um, because your your leg is immobilized for a good portion of the time, um, you have atrophy in your calf. You know, if you think about your ankle and you think about the Achilles and the, you know, which allows you to move your foot and extend it up and down. Um, that calf muscle contracts every time you do it. Well, if, if you're not moving that foot, um, and it's in a fixed position, then, you know, he lost a lot of muscle tone and, and size in his right leg. And so, you know, that, that comes back with, with use of the leg again. Um, and so he, he's still sort of building that up while he's, trying to get back into football shape. And I think, you know, in a weird way, Gronkowski getting hurt sort of helps the process because, you know, he was able to play these last three weeks. And, you know, it's really difficult um, to simulate a football game. You know, training camp, yeah, a little bit. And, yeah, he did play some in the preseason. But they were still more concerned about rehabbing at that point. They were more concerned about, you know, making sure that the, that the leg was sound. There's also like a, a made, you know, there's a mental hurdle to this thing. Uh, anytime you have a serious injury, knee injury, leg injury, um, you know, you're going to rehab that thing. They're going to clear you to play. But then you got to go out there and, and become confident that you can do the same things. You can cut. You can accelerate. Um, you know, got to be comfortable with, with players around your feet uh, because that's, that's where the injury occurred, you know, um, is because it's an ankle and an Achilles. And so, you know, even without, even without thinking about it, there's a natural sort of body defense mechanism that will protect that injury, you know, as you, as you come back from all this rehab and, you know, OJ Howard, we talked to him, uh, on uh, Tuesday and he said, Hey, I, you know, I really didn't think I was favoring one side or the other. He goes, and then players would say something to me. I go back and watch on tape. It's like, yeah, you know, I kind of am. Um, but the more he played, and the less time he had to think about it, uh, he's gotten better and better. And that was definitely his best game last Thursday uh, in Philly where, you know, um, he started to block better. 
he started to you know have better angles on his blocks um bend the ball of course that's been helping some but then as a route runner and as a receiver he had six catches which matches his career high they targeted him seven times ironically the one he didn't catch was that that fourth and two play where they kind of went for a, a, a big play there, uh, and it was incomplete late in the game, um, which which you know enabled Philadelphia to go down and make it a six point game. But you know Howard uh, is still a talent, and you know I don't know if he's back up to running full speed like you know he's one of the faster guys. I mean it's six six two hundred fifty pounds matchup nightmare. So I don't know if he's back to that. Um, it was interesting though on on the first touchdown of the game. Um, you know, he, he becomes, uh, the target. And if you watch the play, he goes out into the end zone. Um, he's got man coverage. He goes to cut and he almost, he runs into a guy, he almost falls down and you're you're like, Oh no, you know, he's the balls in the air. Uh, and, and he's stumbling and he regains his feet, just finds the ball. It goes just over the outstretched, uh, hands of the defender. And then he catches it for the touchdown and he was so excited that he, he gives it the big Gronk spike, and, it, and the ball goes up into the stands. And then he, then it was like, oh, no, you know, I want, I want that football. So he talked to us on Tuesday, and he said um, somebody had retrieved it for him, but he didn't know where it was, but he said it had been in his locker. And he goes, you know, that's one of the balls I want to get painted, autographed, whatever, um, commemorating my first touchdown since the injury. You know, and, and it's sort of been a full circle year, calendar year, um, because his, his little girl just celebrated her one-year uh, birthday, and she was born eight days after his injury, his Achilles injury. And I've written stories about how you know becoming a father sort of helped him through that. But um, really good uh, interview story. Uh, go to TampaBay.com uh, or in the Tampa Bay Times and, and read about you know O.J. Howard's battle uh, to come back. And, um, and he's still... He's still a really talented guy. He's going to be a free agent at the end of this year, but then you don't know how long Gronk's going to play. Cameron Brait is is a receiving tight end. He's not that inline blocker. Um, you know, they got decisions to make, obviously, with all these free agents every year. But um, I still think OJ is going to have a big impact on this season. Before he's already doing that. I mean, without him, they wouldn't be in a great position because with Gronk out, you know, to have a guy like Howard, who's a first round pick, to plug in there, it's really helped him. So. Pretty good story with that. So you've been catching. I know uh, you, you certainly work for uh, uh, for the Atlanta Braves, right, at one point. And mm-hmm. so you're familiar with them. And, and look, uh, I thought they had this thing. Um, I turned it on. I watched Charlie freaking Morton pitch. And I kept thinking to myself, man, if they just had that guy. <laughs> just that guy, right? We've talked about it on this podcast. Like, forget Everything else that happened, Blake Snell got traded, Glass Snell got hurt. Okay, but if you just had that guy. So Charlie goes out there and, and does what Charlie does, just has a rocky first inning. I mean, he walks four batters, um, gives up a bomb, but you know what he does? And he does this better than any pitcher I've seen. He minimizes damage. They only get two runs. And you're thinking, that's a win. Like, you know, they had him on the ropes, man. They could have They could have put up six runs in the first inning. He gets out of the gym, and, and he keeps it there. And he keeps it there until the Braves are able to come back and go up 5-2. to two. So at 5-2 to two in the sixth inning. By the way, that lead sound familiar? Yes, it does. Sounds a lot like game two that the Tampa Bay Rays had when they fell down 2 to nothing and then had a grand slam. They're up 5-2. to two. Those are the ones you got to close out, sports fans. They get to the sixth inning, and I'm telling you, I'm switching back and forth. I'm looking at the hockey game now. And – 
then all of a sudden I noticed that, uh, yeah, uh, they blew that lead. <laughs> Not only blew the lead, they blew the game. So they had a chance to go up 3-0 in that series. It should be, a, yeah, 3-0. Cody Bellinger had an awful regular season with a three-run jack. No one's going to remember that regular season now. Nope. Postseason hero. Yep. It's so, all erased. So now it's 2-1 Dodgers, and then the Red Sox had a 2-1 lead in the eighth to go up, uh, what, three games to one in that series. They give up a home run to Altuve in the eighth to tie it. Mm. And they bring in Nathan Avaldi instead of who's going to really starter. Early. Who's a starter, right? And they end up giving up nine run or seven runs in the ninth inning. He didn't give up all those runs, but they gave up seven runs in the ninth inning and lose nine to two. And that series tied at two. It will definitely be going back to Houston for a game six. I'm telling you, I I smell a conspiracy, C O N conspiracy. But we're destined, in my opinion. And this is probably, you know, since I'm going to put Nostradamus or, or Nostradamus here, I, I, it's going to be Dodgers Astros. Let me just ask you this. And I, I, look, I'd love to see the Braves because I, I, you know, grew up, if you can believe, you know, back in the day when we were kids, we didn't have, obviously, the Tampa Bay Rays to root for. So the Braves were the closest team, major league team. So everybody, you know, I would stay up and listen to the radio at night and, you know, the Braves were the deal. I'd love to see the Braves get back in the World Series. I think that's an unbelievable story. And like their team, like like well, a lot of things. Well, they're about, doing this without Ronald Acuna Jr. Yeah, right. Their greatest player. I mean, a fantastic player. Um, for them to get to the World Series and, and have a chance to win it would be a, a, a tremendous story. Having said that, it just seems like we're destined for that Houston <laughs> Dodgers series. And I think the networks want it, and I think they're going to get it. Um, you no, know, the Reds, they would, they would like a Boston LA series. They'd be fine. You, with that th- yeah, they'd be okay with that too. Yeah, they probably would. Yeah. But, but what about the rematch? What about the plots, right? The cheaters and the whole, um, that just would be great drama, but yeah. And and, and I mean, in the Red Sox at the beginning of the season, I don't know what the odds were, but I bet you could have made a lot of money if you had the Red Sox winning the world series, you know, and one of those teams is definitely going to go to it if not win it. And, it would be something to see them there because I, I mean, some people outside of the Baltimore Orioles may have thought they were the worst team in the AL East, you know? Yeah. I mean, um, I think, you know, everyone thought the AL East would be good. The consensus at the beginning of the year was the Rays and Yankees were the class of the division. And Toronto was coming. Toronto was coming and Boston was coming, but they're a little behind the Blue Jays at this point, as far as Mm-hmm. And, and the Red Sox got off to a hot start, and they're, you know, they're not going to be able to hold it. They're not going to be able to hold it. And no, granted, they didn't. down the stretch, they you know it was tight to to make the playoffs. But man, are their bats hot? Needed every game. I mean, mm-hmm. this is a team that needed every game to get in the postseason, and and did it. And and now they're swinging. I mean, uh, uh, listen, give credit where credit is due. They made a great. I mean, Kyle Schwarber has been enormous for them. How about three grand slams in a series? Well. Three grand slams in a series, and consider this. You know how many grand slams they had during the entire season? Three. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you've matched your season high in this series alone. I mean, that is incredibly clutch, you know. But guys buckle down on their at-bats. You know, no one gives away at-bats in the postseason. Every out is, is precious. And, you know, guys that might be up there swinging will take their walks and get on and that's you got to have guys on to get the grand slam. So, um, I got to be honest with you. I, 
I lost in I lost interest in the playoffs when the Red Sox beat the Rays, and I'm a huge baseball guy. Um, I actually watched some of the NBA, you know, uh, opener with Milwaukee and Brooklyn. If if you can believe that, um, I was kind of hopping around, but um, you know, the Lightning was was the main thing that was on in my house. So I I just haven't. I would watch the World Series probably either way, um, but I just haven't gotten into uh, either of those series like I thought I would, but. They could turn. They could turn on the on those games, you know, t- Tuesday night because, um, you know, they, I mean, a three zero series lead that series would have been over. Um, now Boston is two two with Houston, so really, no one really has a big advantage at this point. I think it could go either way. All right, so um, we've got a lot of college football to talk about, obviously, with Matt Baker this week. We'll certainly do that and also discuss how warm the seat is getting under Dan Mullen uh, and uh, Coach Jeff Scott over at USF. I, you know, I was listening to him on DAE a little bit in the morning. Here's something I didn't realize because I know we talked a lot about USF the other day. In that game that they absolutely needed to, should have, and boy, uh, it, it could create a problem that they did not win. Uh, on Saturday, uh, and you know <laughs> what I didn't realize, and he said this on the radio was like his defense, and and when I say his defense, I mean like the whole defense. Like they don't substitute all that much. Their guys played ninety four snaps on Saturday. I've never heard of such a thing. What ninety four snaps? No wonder the last two drives you couldn't stop anybody. You know, which is why, and I think well, I still it, think. It, no wonder why you go for it on fourth and one. And I exactly. like I like the 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 call to go for it. I didn't like Absolutely the, the right the thing play to call, do. Whatever, but yeah, yeah. If your defense is gassed, go for the win. But I mean, can you imagine? You're a kid, and you're and you're out there, or a kid, you're 22, whatever you are. But 94 snaps in that heat in the midday sun at Raymond James on defense is really tough duty. Um, and I don't know. How many guys he's using off his bench? It's probably difficult at this point, this early in the program. I'm probably reluctant to do so. You might want to think about playing walk-ons before you let a guy play 94 snaps, because I can tell you that that dog ain't going to hunt, not in the fourth quarter. Um, and so I think that had to be, you know, he was pleased with how hard they played, and that was sort of his lesson going into it. it was like, hey, let's just lay it all out there. I like, I want to see effort. I want to see just max effort. I want us to be aggressive. I want us to take the fight to them. He thought they did all that, um, and then now we're back to sort of, hey, we need a win, and and that's that's the whole argument we had the other night about culture. You know, um, you know, everybody wants to change the culture. Well, you got to win to do it, and this team's in desperate need of a win. They got Temple uh, at night, and then they go, you know, to East Carolina. I think they go to Tulane. So there are opportunities with Cincinnati coming up with UCF opportunity in Houston to win a game that's not a one double a team it's very fleeting so you know what will happen from here on out if if those kids will tune out coach Scott or you know if if that win is just around the corner and then they're just so close they can taste it but I'm here to tell you you know there are no close losses I mean you you know you're at the point now and, and Scott knows it they need to win and they need to win fast because that that game you know that game can beat you twice if you, if you, if you let it you know dwell on it. But um, but man, that was that was a heartbreaker. But yeah, ninety four snaps, just incredible. So we'll talk some college football, and then of course we'll get you ready for the Bucks against the Bears. Um, it's going to be a good one at Raymond James Stadium, four twenty five. Jim Nance, hello friends. 
and Tony Romo. Tony, we got all that going on uh, with a big CBS broadcast. We'll check in on Tom Brady, see how his voice is doing this week. Apparently, he's getting a lot of tips about you know how to fix that thing. So uh, hopefully that'll be okay by Sunday. So keep it on uh, TampaBay.com and in the Tampa Bay Times. And, of course, we'll see you right back here on the podcast. For Steve Bursnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome to the Big Party. 